Well, I think we've got uh, a decent bunch in here. A lot of our regulars. Welcome, guys. Appreciate you guys joining us. Um, so, uh, for I think there's a couple new folks, Tree Kid and John. I don't know if I if you've been with us before. If you have, welcome back. If not, welcome. Uh, my name is Josh uh, or or Kujo, and then we also have Dan and Dave here with us. And uh, we skipped the last town hall meeting because uh, I think everybody was just kind of coming to terms with the uh, way the world is shaping up right now. And we um, just wanted to give everybody time to, to acclimate and figure out what was going on in their lives. And I think it was important that uh, not only that we give that time, but also that we come back and, and uh, be here for you guys. Um, definitely a, uh, a big deal for us to be here for everybody um, if they obviously um, – we're keeping the Discord open. Nothing shutting down. We're we're all so far healthy, and uh, that uh, has uh, is definitely a boon. So, um, but on that same note, we wanted to kind of update you guys with what we were doing and how we were going to go about it, as well as what's going on with uh, things like the. Um, Drain, uh, drone advisory committee as well as you know what's what's ahead in the future um so first off um i hope all of you are, all of you are healthy and safe um that's a that's a big deal for us and um we want you guys to uh stay that way um but on that same note uh, hopefully, um, you guys are still finding the means to enjoy the hobby and uh, as best as you can. Um, I know that here in Arizona, we just went under uh, a, they're calling it stay at home, stay healthy, stay connected. Um, so, uh, but uh, a lot of it has uh, um, resulted in a decreased traffic i still have to go to work i work in an essential industry so um i still uh do go to work uh every day and um trying to stay uh ahead of it from my front has been tricky sometimes but uh so far we're okay um that brings up one of my first questions is do any of the states have a stay-at-home policy that really forbids you from going out by yourself and going flying anywhere? You know, to be honest, I don't, I don't think so. I think there are, well, let me correct that statement. I think there are a few, I think New York and Dave, you might be able to correct me if I'm, if I'm wrong. Um, they're being pretty restrictive. Yes. See, yeah. Tree Kid posted yeah, something about at... Texas might be that way. Uh, yeah. We are, um, I'm in upstate New York, but across the entire state, there are uh, the restrictions are uh, getting um, more and more uh, severe, and with and appropriately so. Uh, they've just changed. For example, they've just changed uh, contractors. So if you're a builder, uh, up until this week you could continue to build. Now you you have to be uh, help you know building to 
resolve uh, something for someone who's disabled or a critical part of the infrastructure. Um, and or security if, issue or, or security. Like that. Yeah, if and that's if you're if it's uh, if there are more than two people. And if so, if you're working alone, uh, you're okay. But uh, you have to be uh, you're working alone and at a distance from uh, anyone else uh, in the work area. So yeah, it's um, uh, and, and it does. You know, there, um, the uh, I'm a motorcyclist, and a lot of uh, the motorcyclists in this area are uh, parking their bikes because uh, uh, the just the risk of being in the hospital right now in New York State is a, a bad idea from the perspective of uh, putting that much, uh, you know, putting any additional strain on the hospital system. Uh, you know, when we don't absolutely have to, is a bad a bad plan. So. Uh, we're we're uh, putting the bikes in the garage as well, so people are getting out and walking you know, alone. Uh, but it's uh, and so it's uh, uh, it is it is getting quite restrictive. But as you can you know, as you can see in the news, the numbers in the lower New York are uh, are you know too well one order of magnitude higher than most of the rest of the other states. So, so like here in Arizona, I know they've. Uh just starting to yesterday sorry yesterday at 5 p.m um they've closed parks and stuff like that they are still encouraging people to go out in terms of you know going out for walks or going hiking or uh golfing and uh fun stuff like that can't, so can't believe golf courses are <laughs> essential uh, <laughs> uh, but at, at the same time, um, you know, as long as you're doing the social distancing thing, I, I, you know, I'm sure it's probably good, but, uh, you know, so I, I would imagine I haven't gone out flying since this whole started, but I imagine I wouldn't have that much of an issue. Um, so hopefully, you know, if you're in an area that, uh, <clears throat> is like that, hopefully you've got some tiny whoops or some micros that you can fly around your backyard, your house, um just to uh keep enjoying the hobby i think it's very important to uh enjoy uh the things that you that kind of take your mind off things right now um as well as you know just keeping yourself uh uh mentally healthy the biggest um, thing i've noticed so, is there's a lot more dog walkers lately there mm -hmm. are yeah. <laughs> i don't know where they came from but they're the, out there uh, <laughs> In Wisconsin, all the uh, state parks and county parks are now free, and uh, they don't hmm. care if we fly them, which normally they're it's prohibited. Oh, wow. interesting. Yeah, It'd be nice to take advantage of that. Unfortunately, I keep having to travel in New York. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I, I I I work in hospitals, so. Uh, yeah. Be safe. Please yeah. be safe, and thank you for what you're doing um that's a that's a big deal so um at any rate um i just want to make sure that you know whatever it is you are doing that everybody is staying safe um along those along those lines um uh, i've been looking for and um and certainly making some comments this is dave on the uh, what can we do uh, to help uh, people in our communities uh, if they're uh, healthcare professionals or just uh, family, friends, colleagues. Uh, we have 
a, a unique set of skills. Uh, we build stuff, uh, we create stuff. Uh, this is mostly uh, mostly guys here uh, in this in this hobby. Uh, we can help. We can be leaders. We can be positive. And uh, um, for uh, for example, uh, I've been helping uh, people who are new to uh, uh, working at home. And so that's uh, that's an unusual thing for a lot of people. Uh, I did it for 20 years, so you know that experience has been uh, been helpful. Uh, in addition, uh, I've managed through a lot of um, very stressful situations, and this certainly is stressful. So, you know, I ask everyone to help each other uh, in this community. Um, be positive, be supportive. Uh, you know, look look for the positive in the situation and help because that that's I'm not uh, suggesting that we ignore uh, you know the reality I'm asking that you know we we look for the positive give people the benefit of the doubt and uh, support them through this uh, in addition if we have if there are any suggestions for things we can do in the community uh, let's uh, let's share them uh, one of my my buddies is a uh, a uh, mechanical engineer up uh, about an hour north of me and in, in the capital district of New York. Uh, he's put together a design for a face shield. Um, he's also working on, of all things, a, uh, a potential treatment for uh, COVID-19 with uh, a couple of other firms. That broke the news uh, today. Um, so I'll, I'll pop up a uh, on our site a, a website that if uh, it's a, um, I think, a, he will shortly have the laser file details of a, uh, a face shield, um, but uh, there are also lots of uh, patterns to sew masks. My wife is a master quilter, and uh, so she's whip, whipping up a lot of uh, masks. And so the uh, I know there is a discussion of uh, should we bother or not, but it's uh, something that we can do for uh, folks uh, outside of uh, the healthcare professional. I can say without a doubt, even in healthcare, yes, because we're reusing our old, the same mask for a week or two at a time in many cases. Wow. Oh, geez. So, so I do I'm know just that disinfecting uh, it every night, but yeah. Yeah. I I do know that uh, you know a lot of us. Uh, you know, obviously we build stuff. A lot of our parts are 3D printed. Um, I do know that 3D printed masks probably, you know, not the best idea um, in terms of, you know, face masks themselves, but face shields, definitely. I know the yeah. NIH has posted um, a uh, 3D print file for those. What I would recommend before you go print a bunch of them would be to um, reach out to your local, you know, hospital or whatnot and say, hey, I can print these. Do you want them? Do you not want them? You know, offer. Don't just spend a bunch on filament and then, you know, uh, go drop them off because, you know, unless unless they're requesting them or unless they, you know, are okay with that, uh, chances are they won't get used and they'll go in the trash and you don't want that. And um but at the same time what we're finding is the uh, to josh's point the department of health is a good uh point of uh, focal point and uh, certainly across new york uh, we've got phone numbers in each county for departments of health and so if you want to you know get that question answered hey you know i can do this for you you know that would be a good uh, starting point for someone to call
I think there was at least yeah, one 3D one file that was approved. Too. Oh, yeah, sorry, go ahead. <laughs> That's all right. I was just saying that there's at least one 3D file out there that was approved by Department of Health or somebody, like, certified. Yeah, it was the National Institute. Institute of Health or something. It, yeah. yeah. And many that are But not. it was a spinoff. It was a spinoff of, I don't know if you guys are familiar with Joseph Prusa. Um, he makes the uh, Prusa uh, 3D printers, which I have one. Um, yes, it is on uh, NIH's 3D model page. Thank you, Sar. Um, but uh, he created one, and then I guess they took it and revamped it. Um, but uh, pretty cool thing that one of the, the leaders in the 3D printing industry started this, and then the NIH was able to take it and kind of conform it to, to what they're looking for. So um, pretty pretty uh, cool stuff coming from the maker community, which I would put easily model aviation into that maker category um, because we're, we're constantly fiddling and, and creating and, uh, you know, modding and, and all that kind of stuff. So um, really, really good stuff coming from, from our communities that we're all involved in. So yeah, if anyone's out of work or you know people that are out of work, I know specifically GE Healthcare has a facility that, well, they used to make Datex Omeda, uh, but they've converted that to making ventilators now. Um, and so they just hired within the community. They're still looking for people. These are going to be, you know, three to six month uh, short term positions, but they are full-time during that time. Uh, so they've been trying to call up retired folks and just anybody that, uh, you know, that they can get so they can ramp up production. So you know, just keep an eye out in your community for um, businesses that may be hiring as a retool for a specific need. Absolutely. I know here um, in Phoenix, in the Phoenix metro area, very large area, um, Amazon's doing a lot of hiring to um, help uh, keep the supply chains flowing. I think we have six or seven Amazon warehouses here. So, um, Yeah, I saw somebody post today that they got their Banggood order before a uh, two-day delivery from Amazon that took 30 days. Right. <laughs> and they are limited to just the essential items, you know, so things for healthcare, things for, you know, uh, you know, food and, and sundries and stuff like that, the basics. So. Is get FPV still sending out the free hand sanitizer with every order? Uh, I think they ran out of those. Um, they posted a thing on Instagram today uh, talking about face masks. So I don't know if they've come into some face masks that they were either going to, they were asking if they should send out with orders or if they should donate those. Um, so, uh, you know, I don't know what the plan is with that. Yes.
So, uh, Fernando, that kind of leads us into our a good segue. Uh, so in terms of the FAA, um, they've been relatively quiet. I do know right about uh, before all this started that they were asking pilots. Um, oh, he's not. Uh, hang on one second. Oh, there he is. Hi, Fernando. So uh, we were just getting to your question. Um, in terms of the FAA, uh, like I've been saying, since this all started, they've been uh, pretty quiet. Um, but on the flip side, I know just before this all started, they were asking pilots for their recommendations on remote ID, how it would help them, how it wouldn't help them, you know, that kind of stuff. Now, beyond that, um, I would imagine uh, the FAA kind of has... Uh, their hands full with what's going on in the airline industry and and whatnot, but that doesn't mean that we are you know kind of calming down. However, um, our next kind of push it would be a, a congressional uh, push, generally directed at the uh, um, transportation committees um, that would oversee the FAA and. But as you might guess, that Congress right now probably has their hands full. Uh, we know they have their hands full. They've got a lot going on. So what we plan on doing uh, in the in the probably this week is posting up on the website um, a letter to Congress. Um, however, it's going to be kind of a quiet, soft launch. Here's what we don't want. We don't want you guys to. Uh, send a bunch of letters to Congress right now and have them get ignored in the chaos of what is going on right now. Um, so we will be posting up the letter. We will be opening it up as we have with um, a lot of our documents related to the NPRM to comments from everybody. Um, and you can take that and and give that a push. Uh, to those Congress people who are on those committees that oversee the FAA. Um, and we want to be careful um, in some regards. You want to contact the Congress people who represent your state or your district um, so that it's coming from one of their constituents. Um, if we were to, you know, basically face slam, uh, everybody all at once. Uh, a lot of the comments that aren't coming from their constituents might fall on deaf ears, and that's definitely not something we want. So um, that's going to be our next push. Um, TextJet, to answer your question, there has been no hard date on the decision. Um, first off, uh, the community, and, and by community, I'm not just saying the FPV community, but the model aviation community, the uh, commercial UAS community, uh, a lot of the corporate community, we all did a really bang up job of submitting comments. And I think to a degree that the FAA never expected, to a degree that uh, they weren't prepared for. So I imagine it's going to take a long time to get through those comments. I think it's going to um, result in some hard conversations with the 
uh, entities involved with making those decisions. And by entities, I'm, I'm specifically kind of calling out the Department of Homeland Security, DOD, you know, that kind of stuff. So I would think uh, in the meantime, reaching out to our Congress people, letting them know our feelings, uh, letting them know why we fly along the same lines as, as uh, some of the comments that were left, um, I would try and keep it as professional as possible, which is why we're releasing an actual letter that you can use. And in this case, a copy and paste will work, but I do still encourage people to uh, take it and make it their own and share your story. Uh, keep it, you know, informational, keep it, uh, you know, relevant to what's going on. Uh, but again, like I said, it's going to be kind of a quiet launch. We don't want to go full tilt right now. Um, I don't think it's neither the right or the right thing nor the prudent thing to do. Um, so, uh, you know, I don't want everybody going out and blowing things up. Again, take your time like we did with the comments. Hopefully you did with the comments um, to write something that is, uh, you know, worth their time. And, and really shares what the hobby is about and uh, what we're trying to accomplish and, and that kind of thing. So, Dave, any other additions to that? Adoption. That's weird. I don't know why, but Dave is talking and I can't hear them, but everybody else probably can. So in the in the actual NPRM, um, there is a timeline how things kind of progress into a full remote ID system. And that was a part that t was expected to take up to three years, correct? It was, but you know, it could be anywhere from, and this would be on the, the, you know, guessing side, anywhere from 12 to maybe 18 months, 24 months for them to actually come out with a final rule. And it's not until that final rule, unless they change the timeline that was in the NPRM. So let's say it's, you know, 12 months, right? So it'd be 12 months from now, they would implement the rule. Then it would be a full three years with things slowly kind of dropping along the way um, until it was fully implemented. Um, but <clears throat> again, you know, they can change some of that language in the NPRM. Um, and, uh, you know, it could, be quicker it could be you know longer it just depends on what's going on also an executive order uh, and uh, the two bills are uh, very close in content well they're they're uh, corresponding it's senate 2502 and house of representatives 4753 and a there's an executive order that has much the same uh, content and these uh, the two bills are all about restricting uh, the sale of drones or drone components made in China to a, a federal entity or any entity that the federal government uh, funds. 
And so that could be a university, a high school, uh, municipality, et cetera. <clears throat> and so th those are, you know, we're keeping uh, watch on those and, and uh, part of the benefit of working closely with the drone advisory committee is we've got contacts in manned aviation as well as larger firms in unmanned or UAS uh, aviation that are um, uh, that have teams, uh, you know, uh, governmental affair people who are uh, have, have very happy to work with us and share with us, you know, what they're learning and how what would be a prudent approach. So, you know, those are uh, the bills that uh, we're also keeping an eye an eye on. Yeah, yeah, and I would imagine with the current situation that's going on, there's going to be some fallout one way or the other with uh, in regards to stuff coming in and out of China. Yeah, I think so too. Just saying. So, um, we we are keeping a close look at that, and uh, that could be a big deal further down the road. Now, would that directly impact the hobby in terms of on a personal level? Probably not, but in terms of STEM and uh, its impact on youth and, and that kind of thing, yeah, absolutely. It could result in you know, either a, a complete lack of parts, uh, being able to get parts for, for those STEM courses. It could be uh, really damaging to the commercial industry. Um, it, it can definitely lead to a lot. Um, so... Well, yeah, a lot it, of the manufacturer uh, facilities in China are actually managed by U.S. companies as far as uh, production of, like, say, flight controllers, ECUs, so on and so forth. So <clears throat> I wonder how that would be impacted. You know, it, it, it's definitely an interesting approach. I do know you are right. There are facilities there that are managed by U.S. companies. But on the flip side, a lot of, I would say, you know, I know of some some companies that do kind of run their own factories over there. But at the same time, there's a lot of companies who get stuff that's just rebranded from another, you know, it, one one factory makes it and they rebrand it to everybody else's stuff. Oh, sure, sure, yeah. So, you know, it, it could it could impact uh, significantly you know, those things like universities and high schools and, and, and stuff like that, as well as the commercial industry. So yeah, team owner. <laughs> um, but uh, um, at the same time, you know, um, it could, you know, SR was saying it could bring some of that business here to the United States, you know, who knows where that could. So, um, but uh, yeah, so Dave, what's going on on the on the uh, drone advisory committee right now? There are uh, two. Or, um, I was able to get involved in in two. There are two tasking groups that came out of the February 27 meeting. Uh, I'm happily involved in both. The first is uh, on unmanned traffic management, and it's a uh, a review of ConOps 2.0. Um, and so this is a uh, uh, an, a document that has a fair amount of um, uh, relationship to uh, the NPRM. Uh, it makes reference to it. It does. Uh, it make there's a lot of reference in uh, this document uh, to uh, commercial. Uh, almost no reference to uh, recreational. And so uh, that's been. Um, we'll see if 
uh, I, I put together a lot of comments that uh, request that um, the document be updated with uh, uh, with, with much and much bigger uh, emphasis on recreational. And the document starts out on the first page. Uh, describing how recreational UAS is the largest segment of UAS and uh, and is growing, so uh, we'll see how that uh, that continues. The second safety group is on safety culture. Um, this one is a bit softer and probably just positive, and is it's not as um, uh, divisive as uh, as the as the remote ID NPRM. Uh, this uh, the topic is. Um, we certainly in the United States have uh, an ingrained safety culture in manned aviation. Okay, good. What can we use from that in UAS to help uh, incorporate safety as part of the culture in uh, UAS? So one of the points that, I, that I, I have been making to this group is we have a very good safety record in uh, UAS, so we're starting from a different uh, uh, baseline, and lots of things that we can uh, pick up on and utilize. Uh, yet, you know, we do feel that there should be a different set of metrics in terms of how you measure safety in UAS. So, um, the FAA is continuing on the uh, the same schedule that they had uh, put forward. So it's the, the uh, they tentatively had a DAC meeting scheduled for the, uh, the week of the 16th June. Uh, they have not moved that yet. Uh, well, uh, we expect that to move. Uh, in addition, we have been involved in the uh, knowledge exam outside of the DAC, but uh, with the FAA. Uh, and so that's the UAS knowledge exam. Still have not heard anything back from the meeting that we uh, participated in on January 14th. So it feels like a lifetime ago. But, but lots, a fair amount of things going on, and this gives us visibility and discussion with the FAA as well as the DAC members. Uh, and just continue the, uh, working uh, with this whole manned and unmanned community uh, really has been advantageous to us uh, in that we're uh, we're you know these are people who are very frequently modelers. Uh, they're delighted to have us uh, around, um, and also because we're happy to roll up our sleeves and get work done, and that's uh, uh, that's giving, building us uh, a very good reputation uh, in the drone advisory uh, committee. And that's about it, Josh. Cool. So um, let's see. What other questions? Yeah, go ahead. I do have a quick question. So about a week ago, week or so ago, I there have been a couple postings of letters from the FAA for requests for proposals for, um, I guess, a the replacement of the LAMP system, you know, kind of you know, I read it as, you know, kind of based off the NPRM, this is now they're trying to build the, or, you know, get private companies in to put together the uh, the whole internet-based, I forget so, what they call it, that system. The USS, yes. But I, I, yeah, other people in other groups were saying, oh, maybe they're just revamping Lance, great. But I, I didn't kind of, I didn't get that take from it. I didn't know if this was just standard 
business as usual for the FAA to just continue on, even though because of their timelines <laughs> to just, you know, get get that ball rolling and then who knows what happens. But well, anyway, what's your take on that? So two things I, I would say, and Dave, feel free to jump in whenever, but I would say there's two things that are going on right now. One is the FAA is opening up generally once a year. They will open up at least since the beginning of this, so last year. But once a year, they open up uh, uh, the Lance. Basically, it's an API that allows companies like Kitty Hawk or Airmat to kind of jump on the uh, be able to uh, offer Lance capability through their apps. Um, So that's one thing that they are asking for. Um, So companies, you know, like those, uh, they want to be able to add more. So right now I believe there's three or four. Um, The ones I know of are Kitty Hawk, uh, Airmap, uh, and UAS Sidekick. Yep. Yep. And, but uh, so this would add, potentially add more uh, companies to that roster. So, you know, if there's an app that you prefer to use for your, you know, check, you know, to, to check where you're flying, if it's okay, or, you know, what the weather is, you know, a lot of these apps offer that capability. Um, this would add to that, those apps. Excuse me. And okay. reading reading between the lines, it was curious that in the in this RFI that came out a week or so ago, it said in you know formerly we called this Lance, and you know great you got you know great you know they violated all the branding uh, dictums right you got a name that's accepted so you change it so right. uh, that'll mess yeah, things up yeah that's what made me kind of yeah, so take a second I look at it and like what do you mean right. formerly <laughs> right yeah, yeah the artist formerly known as so the uh, I believe what they're doing is trying to set the table for remote USS, and so uh, there were talk. There's you know of course uh, lots of discussion about uh, the uh, remote ID support servers or systems uh, in the NPRM companies that would be managing the uh, the data coming from uh, UAS uh, as they're transponding. And so it appeared that they were, you know, that they were trying to create at least a naming that would have some consistency. But I agree, the, you know, I agree with everything that Josh said that this looked like just uh, opening up. You know, hey, we've got the Lance database. Uh, you know, if you want to augment it and do uh, similar things to what AirMap, Kitty Hawk, uh, UAS Sidekick, and others have done, you know, now's your time to respond to the FAA. Okay. There was there was another there was another uh, request for input over the last couple of weeks, and that was um, a request for comments on the NPRM from uh, full scale pilots. And oh, so, and rotary wing too, I think. Correct. Specific, yeah. So one of the DAC members has become a good friend. That's uh, Mark Colburn out of Texas. And uh, he wrote wrote up a good piece, um, and it was very supportive of uh, recreational uh, UAS. So, you know, my thanks to Mark uh, for uh, good support and a good write up on uh, on the response that he provided. And of course, coming in to that RFI as a DAC member and as a uh, uh, helicopter pilot is uh, uh, very helpful. Okay. Well, thank you. Yeah. 
Absolutely. Got uh, general feeling. Uh, yeah, the, that's a good question. I can yeah, I can comment on that. The happily, and this this was just great. Um, the AOPA, so the Air, um, Aircraft Owners and Pilots Association, the Airline Pilots Association, the Experimental Aircraft Association, um, all had uh, responses that were pretty close to ours. And uh, in fact, with the AOPA and the ALPA, uh, these are folks that uh, we've worked with on the DAC, so we got to know them and talk through their comments. And oh, by the way, we shared our draft comments with all of those organizations, and it was very well received. So the general feeling from a lot of the um, airframe manufacturers as well as the associations of manned aviation was quite negative toward the remote ID NPRM. And so we, you know, that, that helped us enormously to be able to say that our comments were consistent uh, with many of the aircraft uh, manufacturers and associations uh, and organizations. So, uh, you know, Yes, there were a couple of exceptions, um, but not um, not aircraft. Amazon was a standout uh, in being supportive of the NPRM. Um, uh, AUVSI was a, a very supportive. The good news is out of gosh, 50 or 60 uh, companies that we work with, there are two or three that were uh, supportive. And so the overwhelming majority were uh, critical of the NPRM, yeah. or the remote, remote ID NPRM. Good question. Excellent question. Somebody else was typing something. I'm waiting for it to appear. Feel, feel free to jump in on, on voice too, guys. Don't make us talk all the time. Guess we've got a lot of shy people tonight. That and that's that's fine. You know, whatever, <laughs> I, whatever. I would make I'd make one one other uh, comment. This was out in uh, uh, out in the public space, so I'll I'll, I'll repeat what was uh, was put out there. Um, everyone on this call probably saw that uh, Tyler Brennan, the owner of Race Day Quads, uh, shortly after the NPRM comment uh, comments were closed, he said, "Well, I think we should sue the FAA." So. Uh, it was intended to be a um, uh, a uh, stimulative uh, comment, uh, and it did. It, it created a lot of uh, buzz, um, and it's uh, very possible that we may create a, a trade association. Uh, and um, I'm happy to say that uh, I might run that trade association. Uh, and uh, it's uh, it's still in the formative stages, uh, but this could be beneficial to the uh, the companies, the retailers, the manufacturers in um, uh, predominantly in FPV. Um, but this is uh, I don't think you know I've still got plenty of time to work on FPVFC, and uh, this could be beneficial to um, uh, the our whole community and. Uh, there are a number of the manned associations or organizations on the DAC uh, are uh, trade associations. So yep. this is, uh, and I, I've learned that a trade association is a uh, 501c6. Yes. Yep. And that trade association is 
significantly being impacted by the coronavirus stuff going on right oh. now, if I understand, right? Exactly, exactly right. We've put pretty much everything on pause. Thank you, Dan. Key point. Um, because um, uh, you know, the industry is, is being uh, upended, uh, and uh, we feel that we want to um, make sure that uh, we can get the attention of, uh, uh, of the folks uh, in Congress, in the FAA, as well as uh, uh, the members who would be the, uh, the business owners uh, uh, in, the, in the industry. Yeah. FAA approved UAV. I don't understand the question. Can you clarify for us, Pyro? So, you know, one of the things, and I, I just want to kind of, oh, go ahead, Pyro. Well, well, there was like a section in there stating that it has something about FAA certification for flying anything. That was like the biggest so, thing that was like, that's kind of going to cause a monopoly for whatever. So, they, yeah. And, are you, and are you reference you're referencing the remote ID and PRM, I assume? Yeah. It's, okay. So definitely it, one of the things that we called out was that certification, uh, basically restricting UAVs to that uh, uh, essentially that were standard would, remote would, ID. Right. You got um, it. That were and standard build... remote ID, limiting that to um, FAA-approved manufacturers. And then if you build it yourself, you'd be stuck flying at a FRIA site. Those were all things that we, we called out um, in the NPRM. So, you know, one of the things that, you know, not only did we call it out, but we offered solutions. And one well, of the solutions... I was wondering about that because I kind of jumped in a little late to hear that. That's okay. Um, we definitely called that out, and we definitely um, offered some solutions. Like, you know, if we're going to do remote ID, let's have it be a component as opposed to an entire UAV. That way, the entire United States is not throwing their entire UAV fleet into the garbage just to get something else. Because one of the things we discovered was that um the faa was it 98 percent? they said was uh firmware upgradable to comply with uh, remote id when in all actuality it's a zero percent um and this so was a, this was a key I, point that more like one percent uh well it, it you know it's a it's zero because of the gotchas the way the nprm was written if mm -hmm. it's if it were uh if if they lifted or got rid of the um, internet capability and made it a broadcast only, then many existing uh, DJI drones uh, could be firmware uh, upgraded. And you know, while you know none of us are not not a few of us have DJI uh, drones, uh, you know that would be a step in the pot, in the right direction. And uh, we still are we put forward that notion of uh, broadcast only, which would allow a lot more devices and we also requested uh, some level of uh, way to fly as recreational uh, and uh, uh, get around the amateur built requirement that was put forward in the NPRM and the, both of those points were picked up by not only DJI but AOPA, EAA, uh, uh, ALPA so it's it's great that uh, you know it's not just the um, there were uh, points in the NPRM that we were would have destroyed recreational 
uh, UAS that the manned aviation community uh, picked up on and supported us with. So that was great. So um, Ace had a, a, a good question. How many full-scale pilots are in our group here? I would honestly say in terms of full-scale pilots as members, not 100% sure on that answer. But I would say that in our Facebook group and probably here on Discord, there are a lot of full-scale pilots because not only does model aviation translate to full-scale, um, but um, a lot of full-scale pilots in their off time enjoy model aviation. So, you know, they either start with model aviation, move into full-scale, which is something I want to do. I started with model aviation, and I want to get my private pilot's license. Um, but on the flip side, you know, there's a lot of people who enjoy flight so much that, you know, when they're done with their job, they, they turn to model aviation. So um, there are several that I've had conversations with. I know Dave and Dan have both had conversations with. Um, so uh, there are quite a few. Um, let's see. Uh, I think, I mean, I don't... Dave, do you have anything else, or Dan? Uh, I'm pretty. I think I kind of hit everything we wanted to hit. Oh, I did. I did want to mention. I'm sorry. Um, the trade association uh, would be. I do want to say this. You know, as a, as a, we're still in the formative stages, completely and 100% separate from FPBFC. Um, two separate entities, uh, both focusing on different things. FPBFC obviously focused on uh, individual pilots, the hobby, you know, that kind of thing. Whereas the trade association uh, would be focused more on coming together as a unified community of manufacturers, suppliers, retailers, that kind of thing. Um, and the inherent, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, uh, kind of respect. Over overlap? Yeah, I, I would say more so respect um, for a group of companies that employ, you know, hundreds, if not thousands of people in the United States. Um, and, uh, and and the, com the communal voices of those companies, which, you know, sad to say, but at the same time, you know, in this respect, good as well that companies are often looked to before individuals. So we can kind of tackle some of the issues of the day, like remote ID, from two different angles. Um, so it makes sense, uh, you know, coming from both directions, I guess. So, But I do want to say, uh, yeah, like the CDA, but good guys instead of bad guys. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Text Jets got Ooh, it. Ooh, CDA. Ooh, much sucking of teeth. Yes, <laughs> very familiar with the CDA. And uh, that was certainly was another organization that was uh, very supportive of the uh, FAA Remote ID and PRM. For obvious reasons. Much to our chagrin. Yep. So. Uh, quick question. So you're saying companies are more likely to try to represent, but um, to tie back into my full-scale pilot thing, what if we could find a bunch of full-scale pilots who could stand and say, we as individuals fly FPV and we're pilots and we're against the NPRM? How would that, if uh, we could find a group and put together a video or something like that, uh, how would that affect things? 
Now, honestly, I think it would do nothing but help. Um, I would never shoot any idea. Um, but at the same time, we need to find who those people are, figure out if they're willing to do a video. I would say the hardest part of, of doing something like that is getting the buy-in of the people to take the time to do that. And um, just, and I'm just coming from a, an era of we've tried to get people to make videos before. It's not the easiest thing, but at the same time, if it's, if it's personal enough to them, I would imagine it would be a great thing. Um, but uh, we can definitely put a call out on Facebook. You can put a call out. I'm happy to do it. Um, any, you know, any way that we can get that done, I am down with. Um, it makes a whole lot of sense. Cool. I'll uh, follow up on that right now with that. Perfect. That's awesome. Let me know yeah. if I can help you in any way, what I can do for you. Um, I'm cool. Yeah, and and to Sarah's written a, a comment here. Seems like a good idea. Seemed there was low involvement on the commercial side of the community with respect to the NPRM uh, hobby drone sales shops, vendors, manufacturers. Yeah, there was. It was a mixed um, a mixed boat. Um, uh, Rotor Riot uh, sent in comments. DJI's comments are legend in uh, their 80. Yes. It's an excellent, excellent document. 89 pages, worth a read. And I'm, I mean that sincerely. It's, it's really well thought through, um, and very supportive of recreational. And um, there are, um, there, there were a number or a couple of uh, the manufacturers uh that that chose not to uh, not to reply but uh uh fair number of um uh of, of hobby organizations ama comments i think they were about 16 pages was excellent uh it was very different from their initial uh perspective uh and uh horizon uh their comments were very good and very a, a bit different from some of their earlier uh forays so yeah there it was um, lots of mixed messages. Not um, not sure what that means. Well, I think I know where he's going with that. I think that a lot of different companies had their own kind of take on their their message that they sent in with the comments. Um, one of the things we did do um, was we did you know try and get our comments, our talking points out there as quickly as we possibly could. Um, so that we could uh, kind of aid in not having so much of a mixed message. Yeah. Um, well, but I at the same helped, time, I think it helped. It helped a ton. It and, did. And that's that's where if you if you look at what DJI put forward and what we put forward and what AOPA put forward and what ALPA put forward and the EAA put forward and the and the AMA put forward <laughs> and Horizon Hobby put forward from the central you know from the important tenants, they're really aligned. And so, um, you know, but I think from the FPV community in terms of the retailers yeah. there, maybe fair, you know, not fair so point. much. Absolutely yeah. fair point. So, so I think you know a lot of what we can do from the trade organization side is come together, uh, come to an agreement, and we can all yep. speak with one really, voice. Really, really good point. Yep. The um, the trade association that is is that. Mostly gonna be FPV, or are you even trying Unknown to bring in like time. DJI and stuff? Because 
you know, during some of those comments uh, around, you know, Tyler's initial posts and subsequent posts, um, I saw Brendan in there quite a bit, and uh, <clears throat> it almost sounded like he was willing to give advice. I mean, legal advice. <laughs> no, you won't. So Brendan, of course, is a, a um, you know, vice president of uh, um, governmental affairs global for DJI, and of course, he is a a Harvard attorney, and so um, you know, he he could could not officially uh, you know provide uh, legal advice. Um, you know, to to another uh, another firm. Um, in addition, given DJI's uh, market share, uh, they they would they would Probably come under, they yeah. would likely come they would likely come under scrutiny uh, because of their market share if they joined a trade association. So. Right. Yeah. I, I've I've been I've only once in my career did I did I work in a uh, in a product area that had uh, uh, overwhelming market share and you know, we would never have considered working uh, in a trade association because of um, antitrust uh, implications. Right, right. And, you know, the only reason I mentioned it is because of his some of his posts, but it sounded you know obviously he was just speaking as an individual. So. Yep. Yeah, and definitely, and the, the, the thing I will say is that, you know, as an individual, Brendan has a, you know, some skin in the game. He enjoys, you know, model aviation just as much as the rest of us. And so, he's, a, he's a member on the DAC, and he's he's fantastic. I mean, he is yeah. such an advocate for recreational. Yeah, so, you know, I think anybody that we can involve on a personal level is all the better. Um, and then, you know, in terms of, is it going to be uh, FPV or model aviation as a whole? We don't know. Um, that's going to be up to the individual companies uh, ultimately on whether they want to kind of jump in. Um, there's not going to be a, you know, it's not like we can mandate you're going to join, you know, um, but, uh, you know, we can offer some benefits and uh, whatnot to, you know, make sure that it's um, something that is uh, feasible and uh, wanted in the amongst the, the companies there. So. Did I lose everybody? Good, no. good questions. Good comments. Anything else? Absolutely. I don't have anything. Anybody else have any questions, comments that we can answer? Discuss, chat? All right. Well, with that, we are exactly an hour. Oh, we got a couple of people texting. Tree kid. Yeah, I still have this, this Discord thing. Is everybody playing more now that the virus is shutting everything down? <laughs> been raining <laughs> raining and raining 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 <laughs> i'm still oh. working so i haven't had an opportunity to go out and fly yes uh... so much rain <laughs> <I agree. laughs> Ooh, much rain no, i'm just saying like the people that are off work you know this is your chance to go out and fly because it's going to be empty everything right absolutely <laughs> absolutely yeah i think i saw some yeah. post of someone flying uh, was it downtown san diego or la or something it's totally empty oh my word oh, oh wow. my word 
Now's wow. the time to get those crazy shots like that. Yeah, yeah some it's of the, kind the... of funny the few times I've been out just hitting up normal spots. There's just way more people than there usually is. Yes. Yeah, as we were talking, um, lots of folks yeah. walking their dogs. Yep, yeah. like we talked yeah. at the very beginning. Yeah, I just see way more dog walkers than ever before. I guess that's just when people get out and out of their houses now, they're taking their dogs for a walk. I think yep. a, a lot of it is, you know, when when it's your choice. I think it's mental. I think when it's your choice, if you want to sit inside for a week, you don't think anything of it. When somebody tells you you have to sit inside for a week, you can't go outside, then it, the game changes. <laughs> <laughs> right, absolutely. It's funny because I was on, uh, I took a couple of days off work and uh, my wife and I were sitting inside and we we're just like, normally we are very, you know, insular, you know, we enjoy spending time together alone. And, and but there were points in time where we were just like, hmm. <laughs> What do we do? <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. Lots, lots of good. Uh, <laughs> Close. Take the dogs elsewhere. Interesting. Very interesting. Okay. All right. Well, thank you all for joining. We appreciate it. Great questions tonight. Um, you all have a good night, and we'll see you again uh, in two weeks. Yep. Hopefully, see you guys um, in two weeks. Okay. All right. Very good. Thank, Thank you me. all. Take care. Take care. Thank you. Have a good night, guys.